Blog Talk Radio. This is the Body of Christ Church, inviting you to our virtual living room, where we discuss today's issues and how those issues relate to the Holy Scriptures. So sit back, relax, and engage in conversation with us. Afternoon and the most high in the name of Christ bless you. I am Josiah, and welcome to our virtual living room where we examine recent events and other topics as they pertain to the Holy Scriptures. We give all praises to the Most High in Christ and we give thanks for God's generous mercy, grace, and forgiveness. This week, uh, we're going to discuss the events of the previous week surrounding uh, shootings involving. Uh, Black folks and police. And uh, honestly, for me, it's not a program I really want to do, but it's necessary to do. And joining me here, here in the virtual living room to discuss these uh, tragic events from the previous week, I have our brother Kazakia. Hey, shalom. First and foremost, all praises to the Heavenly Father and the Son, Jesus Christ. Shalom to the brothers on the panel. It's definitely good to be back and looking forward into really delving into this topic and bringing about edification, excuse me, to our people concerning these tragic events. And also, I'd like to extend a welcome to our brother, Yuanathan, who's also joining us today. Yes, giving all praise to the Heavenly Father. Um, Condolence to the people, families, the brothers and sisters that's lost, and we're going to expound upon the situations and give give guidance by the word of Christ so that we can avoid and be perfect in the sight of the Heavenly Father and give answers to the problems. Glad to be here. Well, brothers, uh, I think it was, was it Wednesday morning or Tuesday morning? Uh, well, uh, one, one, one more person to join us. Uh, let me not forget. Uh, we also have joining us here in the virtual living room, our brother Kabar. Yes, my brothers and sisters, on the panel, salam to all the audience. Good to be with you today. And as always, giving no praise, honor to the most high and praise for his glorious word and opportunity to repent. Shalom to you. Uh, well, brothers, thanks for joining us uh, here today in the virtual living room. Um, I can't remember which day it was last week. You know, I, I woke up and uh, one of my habitual things to do is to uh, switch on the morning news. So, and this is before I even get out of bed, right? And not anticipating this at all, but I'm hit with this whole news about this this shooting overnight in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And it's like, oh, man, because, Kazaki, you and I, just the previous day, had spoke about what subject matter we were going to deal with this Sunday, if any at all. And I said, well, bro, I I really don't know at this point, but we'll just wait and see what unfolds during the course of the week. And the very next morning, here it is, you know, and not expecting that and uh, not expecting that the day afterwards there'd be another one. And then a day after that, there's even more. So there's been so much stuff surrounding violence. And these things, and this violence has to deal with violence between black folks and police. 
And this has gained worldwide attention yet again. Uh, this kind of thing has been going on now for scores of years. You know, probably in the last 50, 60 years, it has to deal with shootings, uh, police against black folks. But prior to that, it had to deal with lynchings. So black folk have had uh, reasons to just feel angry, sad, pitiful, hopeless. All these different things have come to the surface yet again. It's always been there. It's, it's underlying. People go about their lives and so forth because this, too, is going to settle out and you won't have a protest and all that. But this is just the, the nature of what goes on in our communities. And then you have those of other communities that oftentimes they don't seem to be able to understand at all what's happening and how it is to be, to live black in the United States, whatever that black means. Okay. But there's a uniqueness to it. So brothers, I'd initially, I I'd actually initially thought, that I was not going to play any clips. We're just going to um, talk about this, get it all out there, let the spirit lead us where it may. But then uh, probably about an hour or two before the program, I decided let me just go ahead and pull in a few clips just for those people who don't know about what's happened, what took place, to give them some small idea of what took place. And I don't know who that would be. I guess it would be some astronaut that just got back this week or something. <laughs> you know. Um, but I guess uh, my first thought was right because right now I'm looking at the, uh, the studio board here for Blog Talk Radio, and the clips that I uploaded are still processing. They usually process in a matter of seconds. And now it's been uh, definitely at least 30 minutes, probably more than an hour, uh, that these clips have been processing. So they're not playable. So exactly the way I thought about it to begin with, this is exactly the way it's going. So what I want to cover today is what has happened uh, during the past week, and what people are doing about it, what's being done about it, and what should be done about it. What's the scriptural solution? Because people are looking for a solution. What's the scriptural solution? So first things first, the first incident, uh, the young man's name was Alton Sterling. And I think he sold CDs out of the back of his car in front of a convenience store in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And so there were a couple of, this is and Alton Sterling is a black man. I think he was 37 years old. And there were a couple of white policemen that confronted him. One thing led to another, and before long they had wrestled him to the ground. And this is this is this all takes place in probably less than a minute. If it's if it's more than a minute, it's not definitely not two minutes from the video clip that I saw. So they after wrestling him, him to the ground, they finally get get him to a point where he's lying on his back, and you have two policemen that are on top of him. And 
At some point, one of the policemen yelled, gun. And moments after that, you hear two shots. One of the, one of the policemen says something like, uh, don't F with me, man. And then you hear two shots. And I don't know what happened, how it is that both these policemen all of a sudden are off this guy, but they are both rolling around on the ground, and then you hear about three more shots. And the, 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 the man who was the store owner of the convenience store that was taking the video, when the, the shots started, it must have uh, shook him so badly until he, he couldn't keep the camera focused in on what was actually going on, so it moved over a little bit. But when he finally regained his composure and moved the camera back on to Alton Sterling, all you see is this man laying there on the ground with his chest full of blood. Very, very disturbing sight, I think, for anybody. Not only for black people, I think white people, anybody. It's a very disturbing sight. And I've watched that video over and over, and you would think that at some point you kind of get used to seeing it, and it's not going to really bother you. Every single time, it bothers me. Now, I don't know what those policemen saw when they decided to shoot. I honestly don't. I don't know what it is, but something frightened them to the point that it appears that maybe they thought their lives were at stake. Maybe that's the case. So giving them that much benefit of the doubt, say maybe that was the case. If it wasn't that, it's just cold-hearted, connived, Deceitful murder All it can be That's all it can be So now Brothers That's that's what happened in one instance The other instance Since we don't have the video Blog Talk hasn't finished processing it yet The audio rather This is in Minnesota it's a young couple with uh, their four-year-old daughter in the back seat. The video starts where um, the female passenger is live streaming it to Facebook. And you can see her face. She switches the camera to focus from her face over to that of her boyfriend, and when it switches over to a boyfriend, you can see the policeman pointing his pistol, still pointing his pistol at the young man whose name is, uh, help me out, brothers, um, Philando uh, Castillo, I believe, something like that. Philando Castillo. So, He's still pointing the pistol at Philando Castillo after having shot him, according to his girlfriend, after having shot him four times. And she is amazingly calm. You know, I, you know, I know that there are people who can remain calm, but I never 
I think it's going to be rare that you're going to find a woman under those circumstances, having witnessed that, that's going to be as calm as she was as calm as a cucumber. She was very respectful to the officer. Uh, and she cited her account of what had taken place and continued to cite what was taking place as the moments went along. So essentially what she said is that they had been stopped because there was a tail light out. The officer approached the car and I think he must have asked for some identification or registration. The young man says, I have a concealed, uh, a carry permit of some sort. I, I don't want to mistake, uh, misstate it. Some type of uh, permit to carry a firearm. And when he went to reach for his identification and the registration and so forth, Obviously, the policeman uh, got afraid and opened fire. Now, this is the account that's being given by the young woman in the car. Again, benefit of the doubt. Benefit of the doubt. Maybe it didn't happen exactly like the young lady said. Okay? Just maybe... When he asked for the identification, just maybe the firearm was produced. And just maybe he didn't even tell him he had a firearm. Just maybe. But according to what she's saying, that's not what happened. And according to what she's saying, this looks like just absolute, just like the first situation, cold-blooded murder by a policeman. Now, whether he was afraid or not, that's, that's a whole different matter. Maybe he was afraid. But if you, are, if you have that type of heart, then you shouldn't be in the fight. You shouldn't be there. You don't, that's not the job for you. You're putting your life in jeopardy, and you're also putting the lives of other people in jeopardy because you lack the heart. You lack the courage. You lack the intestinal fortitude to hold down that position. So this is what's happened in two situations. The last situation, Dallas, Texas. This is the evening after uh, both of these killings have taken place. And there's peaceful protests taken, uh, happening on the streets of Dallas, Texas. And all of a sudden, Shots start to ring out. And policemen are being shot by a sniper. The first uh, reports was there was at least two, maybe more snipers. And there are reports that I've heard as many as five policemen were killed, and I think about 11 were wounded in this whole melee. So eventually the police take cover. They understand more about the situation and they decide to send in a, a robot with a bomb into the vicinity of the sniper. And the sniper's name, according to reports, his name was Michael Johnson. So they detonate the bomb, 
killing Michael Johnson. And that situation is over and done with. So that's what happened. Now, brothers, if y'all would help me talk a little bit about what's being done about it. So, Kazakia, from what you see, what, what's being done about these situations? Because people are really upset. Well, um, I think the more I think the more appropriate question to ask is what's not being done. You see protests. You're seeing outpourings of outrage. You're seeing outpourings of 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 apathy, pity. But what's not being done? What's not being done is people aren't realizing. People aren't turning to the heavenly Father. People aren't examining themselves. People aren't repenting. That's what's not being done. What's being done is a whole bunch of uh, protests. And don't get me wrong, protests can have its place. But you're looking for carnal answers to a spiritual problem. What has to be done is our people have to wake up and realize hey, wait a minute, what's going on here? Why is it that we're being targeted the way that we're being targeted? And the reason why we're being targeted the way that we're being targeted and the reason why we, we, you know, we're being made subject to the type of atrocities that, 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 that are being uh, committed against us is because we're not in line with the Heavenly Father. We're not in line with the teachings of Christ. As a result, we're being punished as harsh, as cruel, as inhumane as it may sound, we are being punished for our disobedience to the Lord God Almighty. Because if we were, wait, wait a minute, uh, first and foremost, let, let, me, let me read, let me, let me read this. This is the book of Amos. And brothers are quite familiar with this scripture. We, we've gone, on this, gone over it on more than one occasion. This is Amos chapter 3. Starting at verse 1. And I'm going to read verse 1 and verse verses 1 and 2. Hear this word that the Lord has spoken against you, O children of Israel, against the whole family which I brought up from the land of Egypt, saying, You only have I known of all the families of the earth. Therefore, I will punish you for all your iniquities. So the Lord God Almighty is telling us, of all the families, of all the human beings and, and races and cultures that he's created on this earth, the Heavenly Father established his covenant, his agreement with one people. That's the nation of Israel. All right? And what he's saying here in verse, in verse 2, you only have I known of all the families of the earth. Therefore, I will punish you for all your iniquities. It's the same analogy that you can draw upon in the form of a parent that's looking after their children or his child. If you see a whole bunch of children acting up on the block, the the concerned parent, he's coming out, and he or she is going to come out and deal with his or her children. Not everybody else's children, but his or her own children first and foremost. And that's what's happening. We're being dealt with. We're being corrected. We're being punished for our disobedience to the Heavenly Father's law, statutes, and commandments. Taking it back to Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter. When you read Deuteronomy, chapter 28, 
verses 1 through verse uh, 15, I believe, explains to us all the benefits and blessings that come with our obedience to the Lord's law, statutes, and commandments. Verses 16 all the way down to 68 explains to us all the curses and punishments that we will receive as a people for our disobedience to the Lord's statutes, law, statutes, and commandments. Giving all praises to the Heavenly Father and Christ, that Christ came and was a sacrifice for our sins so that we can have the opportunity to repent and come back and put ourselves, reestablish ourselves in line with the commandments through the teachings and examples of Jesus Christ. But we still have to be punished as a people for our, our disobediences, for our, all our atrocities that we have committed as a people, as a nation. So what we're seeing here is an example of those punishments or those curses that are, that are constantly coming down on us for our disobedience to the Lord. And before you come to with your point, I would like to read this scripture right here. This is Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6. It says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt, excuse me, that thou shalt be no priest to me. Seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. So the first, this whole, this whole scripture is really worth really delving into and emphasizing. But the first part really tells us something. It says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. We are looking at an example of that destruction. Not only are we destroyed mentally because we lack the knowledge of the Bible, we lack the knowledge of the Heavenly Father's commandments, we're destroyed emotionally, we're destroyed physically, we're dis- uh, and we're destroyed spiritually. So it's a pure teetotal destruction that's coming down on us because of our lack of thus say of the Lord in the Bible. Reading on, because thou hast rejected knowledge. So our people, we constantly and consciously reject thus say of the Lord in the Bible so that we can do what it is that we want to do so that we fulfill our own lusts and we don't please the Lord how the Heavenly Father set us up as his servants to please him. Okay, so now, uh, uh, because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee. And we're seeing evidence. We're seeing manifest evidence of the fact that the Heavenly Father is rejecting us because we make the conscious decision, the conscious choice daily to not follow the commandments. We make the conscious choice, excuse me, daily to not follow Christ. We make the conscious choice daily to not examine ourselves and see what it is that we're doing that we don't need to do, that we need to stop doing. We also are not examining ourselves to see what it is that we need to start doing in pleasing the Heavenly Father. We're not, we're not doing that. So as a result, along with the curses that we're reading, that you can read about from Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter, we're seeing manifest evidence in broad, plain sight that the Heavenly Father is very, very, very unhappy with us as a nation of people, as his nation, 
because we are not doing what it is that he commanded us to do. Go ahead, brother. All right. Thank you. Uh, Kabar, I do want to talk about what people are actually doing now uh, in Atlanta. What, for example, what have you seen that black folk are actually doing about the situation? Well, in Atlanta, you know, you have protests uh, going on as well. Um, and you do, you, you know, you, you have Black Lives Matters organizers and affiliates um, doing protests in Atlanta. As a matter of fact, one just happened on uh, Friday, I believe, the 9th. Okay, this mm-hmm. is past Friday, the 9th of July in Atlanta. And, um, you know, you had various locations where people were, some were wandering, wandering around. And then you had an element, and this is from eyewitness uh, account that I'm giving you. Um, we had a brother from the Body of Christ Church who was on the scene at the location. You had an element within that group mm-hmm. that covered their faces at a certain point in time and were leading people and going on to the highway to block the highway. Hmm. So you had you had that peaceful element that was demonstrating and exercising their constitutional rights and um, voicing their grievances about the shooting, but then you had a element within that, a radical element within it, that tried to lead the group and the movement into this confrontational direction. And you had the same thing happen to Ferguson, the same thing happened in many other places. So um, this is this is the reaction to a lot of their police brutality. And like you said, this police brutality, you know, was basically going on um, since Emancipation Proclamation, you know what I mean? Uh, right. Since there were... If there was ever a police department, a, a, an actual unit set up within cities to police um, um, populations, this has been going on in the black community. Uh, certainly, um, a more visible to a more visible visible extent since the '60s. So, you know, the last 30, 40, 50 years, you've been having a very visual uh, media coverage of this type of brutality but there's a now the element has kind of changed whereas you have these movements and radical elements within movement going on nowadays so I want to address a few things about especially the spearhead element of the protests going on nowadays amongst our people the Black Lives Matter Mm -hmm. you know the the scriptures tell us I believe Isaiah tell me how Zach when when we the scriptures the Most High tells us to speak comfortably to Israel and that her warfare has been accomplished. Her warfare is accomplished. Exactly. Isaiah You said it was where? I believe that's Isaiah forty. Okay. Can somebody yeah, read that two. real quick? Can somebody read that? Yeah, it says um comfort ye. Comfort ye, my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem, and cry unto her 
that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she has perceived of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. So it, it's showing there the the uh, prophets of the Lord, um, the shepherds of the Lord, they're going to go out and speak these comfortable words unto Israel, letting them know that, listen, even though you have suffered all of these atrocities and these um, uh, negative events happening to you, that the Most High is going to provide a way for us to receive mercy and for us to uh, get a way to come back and relieve ourselves of all of this oppression, right? So, in the, it really, this is all summed up in as far as speaking comfortably, because I want to deal with that aspect first, summed up in us dealing with repentance, us coming back to Christ, us coming out of sin and turning to the Lord. Because Isaiah 6 and 23 says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, right, is a comfort, comfortable word. That's wrong. The gift of God. That's wrong, bro. Romans 6. Yes. Yeah, Romans 6 and 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through, through Jesus Christ our Lord. So so the Lord has given us a way to return to him, to come out of the, the conditions that we are in, and to be restored and to be healed. So let's, let's really understand, and the Brother Kazak touched on it earlier, why these things are happening to us. He mentioned the curses. He mentioned the sin and disobedience and our rebellion against the Lord and how all of these things are being brought down on us and being manifested in things like police brutality. Let me read Isaiah chapter 42 and verse 22 so we can get a crystal clear idea of why this is happening to us in America today and around the world. Isaiah 42, 22. I started 21. The Lord is well pleased for his righteousness' sake. He will magnify the law and make it honorable. But this, but this is a people robbed and spoiled. The Most High talking about the nation of Israel, the descendants of the twelve, the twelve tribes of the sons of Israel, us today in America and scattered all around the world. But this is a people robbed and spoiled. They are all of them snared in holes. And they are hid in prison houses, where our people, where the majority, uh, 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 disproportionate amounts of our people are in the prison houses, like the scriptures tell us right here. They are hid in prison houses. They are for a prey and none deliverance, for a spoil and none saith restore. See, this is what we're talking about. What's a prey? The Lord said they are for a prey. Prey is an animal that is hunted by another animal, uh, a, a more superior hunting animal, they are hunted down and used for food, right? Now, if you go to thefreedictionary.com, one of the definitions is to victimize or make a profit at someone else's expenses. Those, our, people, our people fit that description perfectly. Uh, in zoology terms, it is an animal hunted or captured by another for food. In human terms, it's a personal thing that becomes the victim of a hostile person. So we, we can clearly see how that police brutality element kicks right into this. So our people are 
are for a prey, meaning they are being hunted, like the brother spoke about earlier. Very clearly the scriptures lay that out. So we'll go back. They are hid in prison houses. They are for a prey and none deliver it. See, where's the justice? Okay, where, where's the restitution? It, also, it goes on to say, for a spoil, meaning rob, and none say it's restored. Where's, where's the reciprocity? Where's the, the restitution being made to our people? It's not happening. Let's read on, though. Let's get some understanding. Verse 23. Who among will give ear to this who will hearken and hear for the time to come? Right? So who's going to be paying attention to this and understanding and realizing and being given the knowledge of the Most High? But here's the point. Listen to verse 24. Who gave Jacob for his spoil and Israel to the robbers? Okay, so why why are we snared in holes, like I said, locked in the prison houses, given for a prey, meaning being hunted, given for a spoil, and none restored? Why is that happening? Verse 24 says, who gave Israel for a spoil, I mean, Jacob for a spoil, and Israel to the robbers? Did not the Lord. The Most High did that. The Most High is allowing us to be in these conditions. Not for no reason, though. What is the reason why he's doing that? It goes on to say, he against whom we, the nation of Israel, have sinned, broke his commandments, living in wickedness, living in transgression. It says, for they would not walk in his ways, neither would they be, neither were they obedient unto his laws. Cause, effect. Okay, the cause is we're breaking the Lord's commandments, and the effect of that is being spoiled, being for prey, being hit in the hit, and the prison houses. So, so that is the reason why we're in, the, in this condition. But the comfortable words that are being spoken is Romans six and twenty three that the wages of, wages of sin is death, which we are receiving. But the gift of God, the Lord has allowed a way for us to obtain eternal life through repentance in Jesus Christ. So there, there, there's a, a cause and effect. And the reason why things are happening to us, which we clearly laid out, and a way for us to come out of those conditions, which is the scriptures never mentioned, geopolitical, socioeconomic movements, that's going to do it. The scriptures mention repentance and Christ. That is the element that's going to turn everything around for us. For us. So I'm going to stop right there and turn it back over to you. Okay. Um, there's a whole lot to go into here. Uh, but before we do, it looks like we have someone uh, that is visiting us in the virtual living room. And visitor, you're coming to us from area code 415-697. Go ahead and give us your name and your comment or question, please. Uh, my name is Damien. I'm in Santa Rosa. Hello, Damien. How are you today? I'm good, my brother. How about yourself? Great, great. So do you have a comment or a question? A little bit of both. Um, I was raised in a in a Christian environment by a grandmother who was, you know, heavily indoctrinated into the the Christian faith. Church every Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday school, Wednesday Wednesday uh, Bible study. Um, and this wasn't a woman who just went there. This was my grandmother still alive. She just had a birthday. She is the most honest, most spiritual, most 
devoted Christian that I have ever met in my life other than her son, Woody Square, who's a, a Christian minister also. Uh, mm-hmm. Me growing up me growing up in that, um, I, I, again, I was indoctrinated in it, but my parents were in the military, so I started to move around the world. And as I moved around the world, I started to get a much more uh, well-rounded perspective and analysis of religion, and I started to question the Christian faith in itself. Um, now, but but moving back to what we're what we're, what we're talking about now, um, the gentleman before was talking about how, you know, both the word the Bible says these prophetic things that are the reason why we're going through the things that we're going through, and all that black people have to do collectively is, you know, repent, accept Jesus Christ. And then this is what my question is: Once we repent collectively and accept Jesus Christ, that's when all of this oppression and liberation is just going to stop, or like, what's exactly going to happen when, when that happens? When, what is the assumption? What do you believe is going to happen if, if let's just say that collectively black people were to come together and say collectively we repent and we, we want to turn to Jesus Christ. And we accept the Christian faith in the word for what it is. Is are we all of a sudden gonna get liberation? Are we all of a sudden gonna be lifted from the oppression? Is the white oppressive system gonna all of a sudden say, Hey, let's stop oppressing them, let's release these innocent people that we've locked up in jails. Black men are only six to seven percent of the population, but we're fifty three percent of the prison population. Let's release these black men. Let's start to give mm-hmm. these youth equal rights all of a sudden. Is that the guise that we're trying to put people under? Well, I tell you, Damien, that that is an excellent question. Uh brothers, does the scripture offer uh any information regarding once uh the people of the Lord repent of their sins and turn to him, what things are going to occur as a result of that? Is there anything said at all anywhere? Bear with me a second. But I'm going to look for it. Uh, brothers, if y'all want to have, have some with it, um, by all means, go yeah. ahead on with it as well. I'll touch on it. So, you know, is is there... Is there a magic bullet? No, there's no no magic bullet. Is there a solution? Absolutely. Um, through that repentance, is that gonna is our people automatically gonna be in a perfect Shangri La state? No, we're not. But you see, you see the transformation that we've had over time. You see the conditions that our people the changes that have already happened over time. You see the Lord have lightened our burden. I mean, you're talking about going from abject slavery with chains on our neck, now the chains are on our minds, but we have, but at least now we can pick up the Bible and read and come to understand these things. So we know that, you know, there has been a lessening of the, the uh, oppression that's on us. And who did that? The Lord did that. So let me just touch on Isaiah chapter 59 and verse 1. It says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that he cannot save. Neither is his ear heavy that he cannot hear. So the Most High has full, the full ability to uh, relieve our people, right? But what's the problem? Verse, verse 2, Isaiah 59. 
But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. So hence all of the things that we, we experience going on today. So the thing is, as we move toward repentance, as we move toward Christ, the scripture says, draw nigh to the Most High, and he'll draw nigh to you. And as we draw nigh to the Most High and draw nigh to Christ by coming out of sin, uh, our burdens are lessened. The Lord is closer to us. We have more protection from the Lord against our enemies. So that's the gradual process that you're going to see. But the thing is, as far as us being established as a nation, uh, moving to a more dominant position as a, as a culture and as a people in the world, well, that doesn't happen until Christ reestablishes the kingdom when he comes, and only the Most High knows when that happens. But as far as as far as far improving our condition, that begins with repentance and Christ and the Lord being with us and lightening our burden in the society. Okay. Well, first, I would definitely like to thank you for acknowledging the fact that um, – the first, the, acknowledging what you first acknowledged, the first thing that you said, which was uh, answering my comment. Damn, it just it just slipped off of off of my head. But you acknowledged the fact that um, oh man, I just lost my train of thought. Okay. I had a lot. I had a lot of that's, things that's that I wanted fine. to follow up. I had a lot of things I want to follow up with, but you um you basically acknowledged that it's not it's not the the Lord that's going to well i I'll, I'll go back to that, but you said something along the lines of um the oppression that we as black people have been facing was stopped or that ended by the Lord, hence the biblical scripture that you uh let off, and me personally, like I have a hard time believing that the the Lord didn't stop the oppression. That, that black people have are going through, and the black the oppression that black people have been going through hasn't lessened any by black people coming more in contact with the Christian word. I mean, if anything, it has increased. But the oppression, the reason why we're not receiving so much blood and people hanging in trees in this country today is because men, because mortal black men went out in the streets and actually stood up for their black women, their black children, and their black bodies. It wasn't no – I mean, they had – and this is where I agree where religion plays its part. These men were rooted in God. They were rooted in their faith, in their spiritual faith in God, and that gave them that no fear sense of sense of self and sense of presence that they didn't fear their oppressors. But, but now, like – we're using Christianity in the sense of, well, these things are pathetic. These things have already been told to us that they're going to happen. And then just like you said, we black people collectively are not going to be able to come together as a nation until Jesus comes back and comes back and does that. Like that, that, that's basically saying that like we can't do nothing until we wait on somebody to mysteriously pop out of the clouds to help us out of the situation. Black people collectively, we have all the power and the resources and the spirituality to overthrow this system. And forget the system. We can pull 
out of this system and start creating our own communities and start empowering each other economically, politically, educationally. Like religion has done a lot to divide and separate us, but I am a firm believer in the word as far as um, as far as God goes and the universal God that put the moon and the stars and and and, and, and every sand on every beach there. But when we start getting into the intricacies of predicting the future and what these words say, and these words were written by men who were, quote-unquote, inspired by God. I mean, we can't even hardly trust our own brother today. So how am I going to trust some words by men who were inspired by God 2,000 years ago? Well, so I'm just saying, uh, like, Damien, we're past. Yes, sir. Let, let me uh, just uh, put a few questions out there, just just food for thought, okay? Yes, and then and then I'm going to uh, mute you and and we're going to go on with the program and I I, I want to encourage you to continue to listen because I think perhaps one or two questions is on your mind uh, may get answered or it may at least plant a seed for thought uh, and maybe something else may uh, appear later on that may actually answer some of these questions because you got some really legitimate questions I, I definitely understand where you're coming from okay but. The scripture, God has given us instructions about how we are supposed to lead our life. And one of the things, just, just, just taking one thing, for example, that the scriptures redundantly over and over and over again harps on heavily, is this whole thing about fornication. Fornication in all its forms. A lot of people harp about homosexuality and lesbianism. And now we find that bestiality is starting to surface uh, quite a bit. And this whole thing with pedophilia, that's, that's fornication. But then mm-hmm. you've got fornication uh, that's commonly known that just about everybody participates in the United States. And nothing said about it. Nobody frowns about it these days. And this is just mm-hmm. simply sex outside of marriage. And, and this sex outside of marriage leads to different things. One thing it leads to is children being born out of wedlock, single mothers raising children, raising boys to become men. The fathers are absent. Okay, this is, this is a result of not obeying God. This is a result of not following. These things that's written in the scriptures, it's for our own good. If we do these things, then things do turn for us because it's well known. That if you have a mother and a father in the house, all of a sudden your economic your economic status improves just right just by that alone, just by marriage alone. So these things that are written in the scriptures, think about it. Think about it. These things yes, resolve a lot of the issues just by doing that. You don't have to wait for for some miraculous event to take place, but just by being obedient to the instructions in the scriptures, the things that teach you how to actually live your life. Those those things resolve some of the issues. Yes, yes, Kabar. Uh, let me touch on a few things because you know, brother, what's your name? Damien. Damien. Listen, I mean, the thing is, you know, the, the conversation doesn't have to stop here on the, you know, on this blog talk. If you have any of our contact information, you know, and you have other questions, then send them in. You know, because it's a dialogue. It's not me telling you or anybody on this panel telling or forcing or saying anything because we've all come out of the same condition. Exactly. You know, so, so, you know, we mm-hmm. let, let's let the discussion continue. If you have our contact information, you know, I, I have an email, the riddermark at hotmail.com, T H E 
R I D I M A R K at hotmail dot com. You can email me questions if you have any. But let me let me let me put this to you because you mentioned about you know the trustworthiness of of the. Bible. Right, before you before mentioned. you go into that, let me just go ahead and give our toll free number for anyone okay, else that's, that's happening to listen and might want to uh, get in contact. That toll free number is eight seven seven eight seven one one seven one two. Go ahead, okay. Kamar. So, yeah, Damien, brother, I mean, totally understand. And, and, you know, you raise questions that many people raise. You raise questions that I raised, you know, many years ago. And you think about, okay, in a world filled with deception, you know, what what can you trust? I, I, you know, I face that, a lot of us face that same question. Um, you know, the, the Lord has revealed unto me a source of true, true understanding that I can trust in. Well, let me give you, let me just, like the brother mentioned, food for thought. It's something that you can, in, in your own time, in your own space, mm-hmm. uh, you know, pray to, pray to God, ask him to open up your understanding. If you ever went through the book of Deuteronomy chapter 28, you know, open that up and just go through it verse by verse slowly and look at, and look at the things that mentioned there in relation to black people in America, so so-called. And, and I'm just going to go to that book and jump to verse 68, Deuteronomy 28 and 68, because, you know, you look at, okay, can we trust the Bible? How reliable is it? People, men wrote it. Okay, this, we're talking about this God that's supposed to deliver us. So you mentioned, like, somebody's supposed to pop out of the sky and, and do these things for our people. But what I want to say to you is just ask, let me ask you a question. How did our people? get into America in a position that they in. When they came from, whether it was Africa, parts of Africa, how did we actually get here? What do you mean, transportation-wise? Or exactly, transportation-wise. Socioeconomic-wise. Uh, primarily via the transatlantic slave trade, although there were a lot of Africans who were already in the Americas via the, you know, the Olmecs, uh, that were originous indigenous people of America. So, I mean, we were already here, but, yeah. We took my slave trade, right? So you mentioned the transatlantic slave trade. And slave, trade trans- slave trade was part of that, but the Olmecs, uh, Africans were already here. We're the, uh, pro- we're the originators of all of this thing. We were, we were, we're everywhere on this planet. But, yeah, we were here, but they brought us over here in mass, you know, transatlantic in mass via the transatlantic slave trade. All right, and what 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 tool did they use to do that? Like physically, what did they use to actually get the bodies over here? Uh, they used a uh, a ship. Yes, slave ships. Thousands and thousands of bodies packed into slave ships like sardines. So you mentioned you mentioned okay, you got this book written thousands of years ago. It's reliability. Deuteronomy. We talking about a period in time. You know, really, three about two thousand years before you know Christ comes on the scene and the things that were written in it. So when you go to Deuteronomy chapter twenty-eight, sixty-eight, it says, "And the Lord shall bring thee into Egypt." That were Egypt going into bondage because we served four hundred years of bondage there. It says, "And the Lord shall bring thee into Egypt again with ships by the way whereof I speak unto thee." And thou shalt see it no more again, and there shall ye be sold unto your enemies, 
for bondmen and bondwomen, meaning slaves, and no man shall buy you, meaning redeem you or save you out of that condition. So now we were in we were in Africa and certain areas. We had our own societies and cultures and had a lot of the things that we don't have today and yet other nations was able to come in and overpower us and bring us over here as slaves. So, I mean, when you start to mention, okay, we can build up our own communities and get ourselves out of the situation, we were in once upon a time a situation where we weren't under these conditions. And yet an outside force came, completely subdued us, and brought us over here. But that and the was reason... Let me, just finish, believe, let me just finish. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And, and that was all prophesied in the Bible, in the scriptures, that that was going to happen in, in very graphic detail. So what I'm saying to you is the same God that was able to do that to us and bring us uh, into these conditions because of our sin is the same God that's going to get us out of it through repentance in Christ. So that was the only point I was trying to make. And that's a very relevant and good point. And uh, uh, what's your, I'll definitely, uh, let me take down your the email and I'll, you know, email so we can keep in conversation. Um, sure. Because I, right. I, you know, I, I, like I said, I was raised up in it, so it's in my spirit and it's in my heart. But, you know, at, you know, the the, the, the point that I'm at now, I'm a, you can look me up on Facebook, Damien Square. I'm the co-founder of the Black Student Union at the college I go to. I'm a student activist, community organizer. Like, I do this for real. I'm in the streets with the kids. I've started Black Student Unions at three different high schools. I went, we raised over $20,000 out here in California, in Northern California. We broke every single fundraising record in the state of California for a student club. Um, we started the first Black Student Union over 10 years at this junior college that I go to, raised over $20,000, went to Tanzania, Africa, built a classroom for over 50 orphan Tanzanian children. Like, I'm I'm really making this happen. And for me, I've really tapped into, like, my spirituality as a as an individual, you know, my God for us as an individual. And I, I'm, I'm grounded in the word that I was raised in by my grandmother because I do fundamentally believe that the Bible has so many truths that you just, like you just, you know, iterated. It has so many truths, but those truths are like esoteric truths that are only meant to be understood by a small group of people who really can decipher the codes in the Bible. But uh, can I can I get your uh, email one more time, my brother? Sure. It's uh, T-H-E-R-I-B-I-M-A-R-K at Hotmail.com. And, you know, that that's an outlet for you. The brother mentioned the um, the, uh, the 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 800 number that, you know, right. you can call. So so either which way, brother, you know? Sure. Hey, I appreciate, you. I appreciate y'all, you know, uh, listening to a young brother, and I respect what y'all are doing, and y'all keep up what y'all are doing. I really appreciate what y'all are doing, and I uh, thank you. Well, Damien, thank you for uh, calling into the program. Um, uh, definitely, you've been very respectful, and uh, we really appreciate the, the, the questions that you brought up. And uh, we look forward to uh, staying in contact with you. Most definitely. I'll be emailing the brother, and we'll just keep it moving from there. Okay. All right. Take care, brother. So, Take care. All right, bro. Take care. Peace. So um, we, we're talking sorry. about – Yes. 
I would like to read a scripture that, that, that goes along with uh, answering the young man, the young brother's question at the onset of the conversation. This is Second Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14, and it says, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. So the overall point being, and he, he, he asks uh, a plethora of loaded questions, but the overall point is repentance is the way. Repentance is our outlet, is the way that the Most High left for us, for us to put ourselves back in line with his will and keeping his commandments. So now on that right there, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, that's, a, that's already a problem amongst us as a nation because we are a very proud, we are a very stiff-necked, we are a very stubborn, we are a very rebellious nation of people. When we bring the scriptures, when we bring thus saith the Lord to our people, the first thing uh, uh, the majority of our people say is, I, I, well, that's, that Bible is for you. I don't believe in what that Bible is saying. The Bible has been written by uh, been uh, been adulterated by written by man, etc., etc., and etc. But the essence of it all is the Most High has His word on this earth so that we can repent. The Most High has His word on this earth so that we can learn and grow spiritually. And the other part of it is and turn from their wicked turn from their wicked ways. Wow, turn from so the Most High is telling us if you stop being adulterous. I'm going to listen, and I'm going to, I'm going to forgive your sins and heal your land. Heal our land heal, healing our land means that land over there, Jerusalem, that's our land. And the Most High will heal it, make it that land that flow up with milk and honey again for us. But here again, and turn from their wicked ways. So we have to turn from everything that's contrary to what the Scriptures are saying. We have to turn from every doctrine that's contrary to what the Scriptures are saying. We have to turn from every religion that's contrary to what the scriptures are saying and then really put our faith in thus saith the Lord and not just put our faith in it, but we actually have to show in our actions that we do have faith through repentance, through learning, through studying, through praying, through fasting, through growing spiritually, being better men. Being better women, really raising our children the way the scripture says that we're supposed to raise them. And of course, the brother Kabar already alluded to it. Now, this thing ain't going to happen like, boom, y'all repent. Okay, here I come. Because there are still things that must happen before the return of Jesus Christ. But the point of the matter now is, is that when we put these things into practice, when Jesus Christ returns, when he sets up the righteous regime, the righteous governing everlasting regime on this earth, those of us that have repented and are following his example, following his teachings, we will be found in good graces. Now, in the meanwhile, there are certain things that uh, the scripture says that are immediate benefits to us in repentance. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse uh, 7, when a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. 
Now, of course, that scripture came out last week during last week's discussion, but this scripture is still very much relevant to the conversation that we're having today. When our ways, when our actions, when our doings are in line with the scriptures, when our ways, our actions, or our doings are pleasing to the Lord God Almighty and Jesus Christ, the Lord will make it so that our enemies, those persons that are hell-bent on our destruction, the Lord will make it so that there is nothing that they can do to overcome or overtake us because we're in line with the Heavenly Father. We're doing what the Lord has commanded us to do from the Gideon. And finally, this is Zechariah chapter 2, verse 8. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, after the glory which he sent me unto the nations which spoiled you, for he that toucheth you toucheth the apple of his eye. Do you know how do you know how precious that is? When something is the apple of your eye, that is something precious, that is something priceless, that is something very well loved and nurtured. Right about now, it doesn't feel like we're the we're the apple of of God's eye because of everything that's going on, everything that's befalling us as a nation of people. However, there is the opportunity to come back and reassume that status as being the apple of the Lord's eye when we repent. Not only just repent, I'm not talking repent as in, okay, I'm going back to church every Sunday now. No, that's not true repentance. True repentance is when there is a change in your mindset. True repentance is when you change everything, your perception of everything that's in this world, and you re-put or you replace your focus and thus say of the Lord in the scriptures, and not just replace your focus and thus say of the Lord in the scriptures, you're applying it, you're putting it into action through the example of Jesus Christ. That's true repentance. And when we're doing that, the immediate benefit is, guess what? You learn more, you're growing spiritually, this is what I meant, spiritually, now you begin to understand why things are the way that they are. Now you begin to understand what is your role in this. Now you begin to understand that you can distinguish clearly what is right, what is wrong, what is righteous, what is wicked. And you also have the tools in the scriptures to live your life and steer yourself away from those things that will cause you to stumble and fall into sin. Those are some of the immediate benefits that come with repentance. Now, when Jesus Christ comes, that's when he will come. Only the Lord knows that. But in the meanwhile, what we can do is we can constantly and steadily prepare ourselves through repentance, through prayer, through fasting, through application of the scriptures, so that here again, when Christ does come, whether he comes in our life, in our lifetime or not, will still be found in those good graces. Back to you, brother. Let me get in here, bro. Pardon me? I said I want to get in if I could. Yeah, absolutely, John. But yeah. uh, b- b- before you do, let me just uh, – I, I want to just go to a break really briefly here. And when we okay. come back, you're one of the You got the air. And then I want to get into something that's really important for our audience at this point because a lot of things that have been mentioned have to deal with 
who what are what is our ethnic identity? Who are we? Because we've been referencing the people in the scriptures. So, uh, brothers, I need for you to really tie that up for us once we get back. If you would like to contact us or learn more about the Body of Christ Church, you may do so by calling, emailing, or by visiting our website. Our telephone number is one eight seven seven eight seven one one seven one two. Our email address is bodyofchrist at ureach.com. Ureach is the letter U, followed by the word reach. So that's bodyofchrist at ureach.com. Our website, thebocc.com, contains our telephone number and email address, as well as audio and video biblical lessons and other information geared toward edification in repentance and good works. Again, our website address is the DOCC.com, so please feel free to connect with us today. Okay, welcome back, and we are discussing um, a lot of things, uh, and uh, among those things are the the tragic events of last week with the uh, the killings involving police and black people. And you want to there was something that you wanted to weigh in on before we went to break. Yeah, I was listening. You know, for the we were believe it or not, we already been on an hour. And when the young man came on, and he was speaking about how you know his grandmother, the Sunday school, the Christian ministry of his father, grew up in that, and um, and then we're speaking of giving him answers as to why the problems are that they are upon our people. And the brother brought out the scripture because it was brought out repentance, and he said, well, we'll what, what's going to happen once we repent? And I just want to just rehash the key point that this brother mentioned, because I can mention in Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, when it says, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves, and then you was getting on to it when you were saying, well, what is this ethnicity that we are? And when it says, my people, my people. And we're speaking specifically of today of these black men that's being murdered, gunned down in the streets. And we're saying, look, we're saying that you, we, when I say you, me, we all in that same bracket because I'm a black man too. And I'm letting it be known that we are the sons, the precious sons of Zion the children of Israel, the children of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This Bible is calling out to us. This is the word of the Father given to our fathers for us, the children. And it says this in Second Chronicles 4, 7, and 14, If my people, the children of Israel, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear. It says then, so we have to turn from our wicked ways, and we got to learn right from wrong, okay? Because look what all that young man says, that Bible is true. But what all that young man said about his background, none of that stuff's in the Bible. That Sunday worship, none of that thing. I'm not attacking him for that because guess what? I was raised in that too. And guess what? That's what my father was raised in, my father before him. So that's all I knew until I began to look into these scriptures 
like Christ said, I'm, I'm just want to go here. Matthew 11, Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28. When I started to look in these scriptures the way Jesus Christ said to look in these scriptures, not the way pastor whoever. Pastor, we got shows of many pastors, from the pastor Dollar to the pastor Jake to the pastor whoever you want to name, not looking at it on the way that he said to look at it, but look on it the way that the most high God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and his son Jesus Christ told us to. In Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28, it says, it says in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28, Come unto me, all ye that, that labor and are heavy laden. And that's where we are. We, we're tired of seeing our brothers shot and killed, our cousins, our brothers. Robert, even if we don't know them, they still are brothers. They are people. We're from the same family. And the same hell that you and we see, you see, we see on a daily basis. We hurt just as much as everyone else. But we as ambassadors and apostles of Christ coming to give you ear to the true word, the true word and the true answer and the true light and the guidance. Christ is saying, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. So there's a learning process got to go on in that repentance. There's a lot of things. We're going to come to the, the, the stature and the perfection level, the same measurement as Christ Jesus. I don't care if you got 50 tattoos on you. I don't care if you was a sodomite. I don't care if you was a murderer. I don't care. The Heavenly Father in Christ don't care because he's calling you to repentance. Okay, he's calling you to repentance. So when it says that if my people will learn, that's a big thing. And it takes time. We, you, we're brothers that's been in this ministry over 20 years. We ain't none of us perfect. And all that's in us is wickedness. But the one that, that, that's perfect and we all striving to follow, we ain't following one another. We following the Messiah, the son of David, Jesus Christ, the, 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 the anointed, the Messiah, the king of kings, the Lord of lords that's going to come and set up a kingdom that's going to deliver us out of this hellhole. But we got to prepare our minds now, and we're nowhere near that. Nowhere near that. And all I'm saying is we got to learn the ways of the Most High. This is the Most High doing this to us. Whether it's, it's hard to fathom that. How can that be when it's a God that made the flowers, the trees, the birds and everything? It's the same God that chose us and told us, if you follow my ways, blessing. If you don't follow my ways, death and cursing. And guess what? That's what we got. That's what we have. And we have to acknowledge that. And we're going to have to swallow that and take that and learn from that. It ain't the end. The Lord said this. He says, Isaiah chapter 13 and verse 12. I'm going to get it right quick. Isaiah chapter 13 and verse 12 says, I would make a man more precious than fine gold. That man might be in which we are. We're on the bottom in this world. We look down, downtrodden, less than nothing. Unless we play football, basketball, baseball, boxing, okay, rapping or something like that. Other than that, we are significant. But I'm telling you now that even though you're smoking up all of that weed, it's time to repent. Even though you you murdering and stealing, it's time to repent, meaning stop doing those things and come back to the Heavenly Father. 
Because the Lord is going to make you more precious than gold to the level of Christ, almighty Zion. We ain't saying, and that's the true Christianity, getting to the level of Christ by following the words of Christ. Just one more thing. Because the Lord said he's going to make us more more, more precious than gold. And then right now, that's not the state of our men. Well, I mean, we, we, and I'm not downtrodden, the brothers, we got young men, don't we, from simple as going out the door and putting on clothes appropriately, we, we don't even have that knowledge. But the Lord is saying, though you don't have that knowledge, I'm going to make you more finer than gold. But it's going to have to come from humbling and praying and learning the ways and learning right from wrong and beginning to implement that. Not emotional kick, not being mad because the Lord put us in the hands of our enemies and and our neck neck is on the enemy's foot, has his foot on our neck. And that's where we're at. But the Lord is going to bring us. Lamentations chapter 4. Lamentations chapter 4 and verse 1, it says, How is the gold become dim? How is the most fine gold changed? The stones of the sanctuary are poured out in the top of the streets. This is talking about men. And then that's what's happening to us. Murdered here, murdered in Minnesota, murdered, murdered in New York City, murdered in Florida, murdered everywhere, wherever we are. Louisiana, Los Angeles, anywhere, Texas, anywhere. It says, how has the gold become dim? How has the most fine gold changed? The, stone, the stones of the sanctuary are poured out, poured out in the top of every street. The precious sons of Zion, you black men, Hispanic men, children of Israel scattered throughout the four corners of the earth, not just the United States only, but our brothers and sisters, world. whoever has that seed line of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, wherever they live, they're going through the same things we're going through here. It says, the precious sons of Zion, comparable to fine gold, how are they esteemed as earthen pitchers, the work of the hands of the potter? And, that, and that's where we at, nothing. But the Lord is going to raise us up. The Heavenly Father is going to turn to us. And then just one more thing, uh, Lamentations chapter 5, and I'm going to read verse 5. Our necks are under persecution. That's where we at. That's we, we we always talk about slavery. Let it be known. We was in slavery before the American slavery. All this whole Bible, the children of Israel was in slavery, and that's who we are. We got five words like Negro, Black, African American owners now, but you don't get that in the Holy Bible. You don't get that in there. You get Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the 12 sons, the children of Israel. Then you get the heathen nations from the Egyptians to the Syrians to the Greeks to the Persians to the Medes. And so forth That ain't got nothing to do with it And the Lord says This destruction This this constantly having our neck Under under persecution And we labor and have no rest It's going to be for the children of Israel It says it's going to be upon our seed And this is going to be on our seed And on our children forever I'm just going to get that also Deuteronomy chapter 28 And I'm going to read verse 45 it says in Deuteronomy twenty eight verse excuse me, Deuteronomy twenty eight verse forty six. And they shall be talking about the curses shall be upon thee for a sign and for a wonder 
and upon thy seed forever. Well, when you see a sign, you're supposed to read it. And the things that's going on, we, we, we're, we're crying in mourning. Now it's time to read that sign and say, why? Well, we as service is telling you why. Because our iniquity has risen to the heavens, and the Heavenly Father is putting this on us, and he's telling us to turn to him, and it is written, not as my mother told me, not as my father told me, but as the Most High Jesus Christ, by the word of the Heavenly Father that was given to him to instruct us to do, that's what we got to do. And that's what we say in this show. Turn to the Lord. And the answers is before us. And the same book that we reject, it's the same book that's going to give us salvation by how the Lord said, not by our patient ways. It ain't a download. You're not going to download this like the Matrix or whatever. You've got to come and learn this thing like Christ said. And the Heavenly Father will fight our battles. Then the Lord said, I'll fight my apple of my eye, Israel. You worried about the police. You won't have wisdom even to deal with that. And if anybody was to bother the children of Israel, when we do them right, the Lord would fight for us. And that's what we're trying to tell you today. And in the show, we're going to get to that. Back back to you, Brian. I don't want to take up the whole show, but I was just waiting on and hearing. And I'm going to let the audience know that, look, this word is true. We learned this word, and it's salvation. And it's deliverance from our enemies. We're at the hands of our enemies. It, it, it don't take, you ain't got to be a rocket scientist to see that something's going wrong here. And the only reason it's getting this much play is because we got outlets like YouTube and, and Worldstar and et cetera, et cetera. But this thing has been going on since and beyond before TV. But it, it was kept in the quiet. How can you ignore it now with all, all these streams? But anyway, bro, back back to you, bro. I, I didn't mean to go on, go on there, but I just... Right, right. I got you. You want to thank you, bro. So, um, a lot of the things that we are referencing have to deal with black folks being the children of Israel. And brothers, I'm sure that you can understand how that uh, for some of the people, maybe many, if not most, that might be a relatively new concept. And I think that considering the nature of this program, uh, maybe it might be um, uh, worth going a little bit further into. I know, Kabar, <clears throat> you're going into Deuteronomy 2868. Uh, but maybe uh, you should probably go into some other scriptures to uh, speak in terms of that exact same thing. All right, so we're going to go take a small break, and when we come back from the break, if you brothers would, bring some scriptures out that have to deal with exactly who are these black folks? Because, you know, you're referencing the children of Israel, referencing these people of Israel, the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So let's let's go ahead and bring that out. The Body of Christ Church invites you to listen to all our programs on Blog Talk Radio. These programs are meant to edify the listener regarding repentance and good works according to the Holy Scriptures. The weekly program schedule is Sunday at 2 p.m., Tuesday at 8 p.m., Wednesday at 7 p.m., Friday at 7 p.m., and Saturday at 9 a.m., all Eastern Standard Time. Our Spanish broadcast is at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time each Saturday at blogtalkradio.com slash ICDC. Please accept our invitation to call in to our show at 646 716 
646-277-4949. Your comments or questions are eagerly encouraged, whether they agree or disagree with the viewpoints expressed by those involved in the program. Again, call in now. Please dial 646-716-7749. All right, we're back, and uh, we are talking about the atrocities of last week. We're uh, about these killings between black folk and uh, police. You know, there were a couple of uh, black men that were shot to death by policemen, and then there was uh, one instance in Dallas, Texas, where you had these uh, policemen. Then there was about five of them that were actually killed by a sniper who happened to be black. Uh, and and according to some of the reports, uh, he killed those policemen and, and, and wounded the others because there was a total of 11 that were actually shot uh, as a retaliation. Uh, he said that he did not like white people and he wanted to kill uh, white people, especially uh, police, or he wanted to kill police, especially white policemen. Um, so, brothers, uh, some of the things that uh, we have discussed here today as, uh, in, in regard to the solution uh, about um, uh, these things, these atrocities that are being committed against uh, black people at the hands of law enforcement. And we understand that uh, not all law enforcement is bad, but you got some people out there that either intentionally or unintentionally uh, are, don't carry out their duties in the way that they should, so that uh, you know, so that innocent uh, individuals, or maybe maybe you're not innocent, but you're not guilty of anything that would would cause death to come about, uh, so that these individuals uh, don't lose their lives or maybe. Um, selling CDs out the back of their car, selling loose cigarettes, or uh, just uh, uh, walking by the way down the street and um, uh, just appearing to be derelict. You know, that's that's not a death sentence, any of those things. But when you're black and you do those things, somehow, sometimes it turns out, turns the wrong way. So, brothers, if, if, you, if you would, is, what other scriptures besides the one that uh, – uh, Kabar bought out in Deuteronomy 68 to actually show to people uh, the identity of these uh, folks who are called black here in the United States. Yes, sir. Can I just, um, you know, I want, I want to touch on that, you know, another brother can touch on that um, as far as the identity. And, and quite honestly, nothing is going to be more direct about the identity than the curses, the, the curses listed in Deuteronomy 28, specifically because the Lord said that it was going to be the sign of who his people would be in these latter days. So when you begin to look at, go through Deuteronomy chapter 28, especially verses 15 to the end, verses 15 and 68, it's going to list all of the curses. And you can see in detail every single thing there since one, one particular type of people as a nation in the earth is not vague, is not ambiguous, it will only really fit one nation of people. And we could go through certain of those points, but I also wanted to mention that mm-hmm. for the sake of the listener and for the sake of our people not being destroyed for the lack of knowledge, 
I want to also look at the Black Lives Movement as a move, you know, as a movement itself, because a lot of our people are getting caught up in it, and they need to understand what it's really about, and that ultimately okay. is not okay, some, something that's going to. Definitely, I want you to bring that out. Okay, but I do want to hit on this, and I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this. And I understand what you're saying. You've you've already hit probably the number one uh, scripture that's going to identify these folks. Okay, but let me. But I, I, I want to hit exactly some more specific ones. So I have three three verses basically, three or four. Yeah, I like to go to like the number two and the number three, and then we'll be done with that, and then we'll go into the Black Lives Matter thing. So could, could we do that? Absolutely. When you go into Deuteronomy 20, and there are other verses in the Bible, uh, and Phyllis can bring out additional things, but like I said, the highest concentration of the most direct evidence, if you just want to get to the point, is, is best to go to Deuteronomy 28 and verse 58 on down. So so when you go to uh, Deuteronomy 28, I start at verse 15, it says, but it shall come to pass, because we're linking, how do we know these black people, so-called black people today scattered throughout the world, and the people, the Israelites of the Bible, how do we know they're the same people? Okay. Now, Deuteronomy chapter, and the brother mentioned it, Deuteronomy 28, 46 says, these curses, the Lord tells us, and they shall be upon thee for a sign and for a wonder and upon thy seed forever. So not only the generation that it was going to come on, but for perpetual generations down the line, the sign would be when you look at the conditions of those people and you look look at the scriptures in Deuteronomy 28 and they match up, the Lord is telling you that's the sign to show you who those people are today because the conditions and the curses are not going to change. So all you have to do now is match, well, who fits those conditions, who fits those curses today as a, as a, as a people, as a nation. Okay, so that's that's the key point right there. So, okay, uh, we when you go to Deuteronomy twenty fifteen, it says, "And it shall come to pass if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord, to observe to do all His commandments and His statutes, which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. So there'll be no way to escape it. They're going to overtake you. It says, Cursed shalt thou be in the city, and cursed shalt thou be in the field.' If you look at a nation of people in all the cities of the world, especially America, who is that group of people most cursed in the urban areas, most cursed in the, in the inner cities? It's self-explanatory. Verse 17, it says, Cursed shall be thy basket, and cursed shall be thy store. Now let's bring it up to the date. What is the basket in the store? The basket, remember, that was an agrarian society. The basket is what you used to gather in. Your mm-hmm. produce. Remember, your produce was your income because you could sell it, make, turn it into money, and you know carry on your business. So your basket was with your income, and it says, "And curse shall be thy store." Your store was what you saved. Okay, so out, right. of a, out of a group, out of a group of people whose income suffers the most and whose savings suffer the most. Okay, so you can look at all the statistics in the world, and you will see that the black community as a whole, their income is at the lowest level, and their savings, their wealth, what they accumulate, is absolutely devastated. Mm-hmm. Okay. It says, verse 18, Cursed 
shall be the fruit of thy body and the fruit of thy land, the increase of thy kind and the flocks of thy sheep. I want to really focus in on curse shall be the fruit of thy body. The fruit of the, your body is your children. Now, how is that curse nowadays? You can look at every statistical measure. The black, in the black community, in the so-called black uh, 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 community, you have abortion rates that outstrip birth rates in the United mm. States, so that the black population is actually declining. The, the, the trend has turned down. Over time, there will be less black people, especially in America, than in the future than there is today, because there are more babies being aborted, the children being killed and murdered in the womb than there are being born. That's why you can go back two, three, four decades, 40, 30, 40 years, and find that the black population the line is basically a straight line. It hasn't really gone up any. There's a, a, a specific targeted attack on our people so that a lot of your, just like your liquor stores, a lot of your abortion centers are in those inner cities. So we just mentioned this specific thing, and you can go throughout and read and see all of the curses that fit us. But let me hit one or two more. Uh, Isaiah, excuse me, Deuteronomy uh, chapter chapter 28, I read verse 47, 48, and 49. It says, Because thou servest not the Lord with joyfulness and with gladness of heart for the abundance of all things, meaning we have to once have the opportunity, especially under the reign of uh, King David and Solomon, where we had the abundance of everything. But we, we continue to transgress the most high commandments. So we couldn't serve the Lord when he gave us everything. Now what the Lord says. Therefore shalt thou serve thine enemy, which the Lord shall send against thee. Once again, bring it going back to the point. Why are we in this condition? Because of sin, and the Lord bring us, brought us into this condition. So if the Lord brought us into this condition, is money and politics going to get us out? No. Repentance in Christ and the Most High giving us mercy is going to get us out of this condition. So it says, therefore thou shalt serve thine enemy, which the Lord shall send against thee in hunger, in thirst, in nakedness, and in the want of all things. Now listen closely. Who does this fit as a nation? It says, and he shall put a yoke of iron upon thy neck until he hath destroyed thee. Who does that fit as a nation of people? So the thing is, you right. got to understand. A yoke of iron. And, I mean, how many times have you seen drawings of slaves and they actually had iron on their necks? A yoke, a yoke of iron, meaning an iron band around your neck to steer you like an animal. As a nation of people, who does that fit? Who does that exactly. even happen to? So it's not ambiguous. It's not, well, let's wonder who, the, who these Israelites are talking about today. Remember, it's a sign and it's a wonder. So that sign of who had, who had that yoke on their neck? Who was brought over to all of these lands by ship? Well, that only yeah. really fits one one particular kind of people, and those are so-called black people all over the world today, and which connects them directly to these Israelites that are talking about in the Bible. Well, yeah. you, you know, and, um, and I, I would think that somebody, brothers, uh, would probably have a question and say, uh, wait a minute. If the blacks here in the United States and other people around the world, if those are the people of Israel, 
then who are these people to call themselves Jews? But before we go about answering that particular question, I want I want to I want to bring it to the forefront that yeah, these 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 curses they 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 fit black people to the T, but they don't just fit black people to a T. They also fit our Latin our Latino brothers and sisters to a T as well, as well as our Native American brothers and sisters as well. And those are our brothers and sisters uh, living in the, in, the, in, the, in the Caribbean. Slavery happened to them, too. So, yeah, it happened to us, but it happened to more than just us. It happened to our Latino brothers and sisters, Dominicans, Puerto Ricans. It happened, it, I mean, Negroes and Latinos and uh, um, uh, uh, brothers in the Carib Islands, the Caribbean, as well as our Native Americans. These curses... Uh, brothers and sisters, excuse me, these curses line up on them as well. So the point of the matter is, there is a whole nation, a whole nation, not just black people, but there is a whole nation of people that uh, uh, that these, uh, these uh, excuse me, curses fall upon. And that's why the gospel, that's why repentance is so important. So not just black people, but also Native Americans and Latinos also Understand who they truly are According to the scriptures And they repent And not just here in the United States And and also in Central and South America But wherever we are scattered Because that's also a curse From the Heavenly Father That he would scatter us amongst the other nations As a punishment For our sins Now what was the other question brother? Hello brother Also on top of that it's still mm-hmm. even Israelites scattered, not even in those areas, in all nations, that, that the Lord knows who they are by the same signs and curses that in the actions that's going on um, by, their, by the seed of the children, by their actions and what, the, what they're doing and, and the consequences of what they're doing, of their actions, and what they're producing, producing because of their doing. Okay, so it's, it's the so-called black, Hispanic, and the children scattered throughout all over this world in every nation. Okay? But today we're talking about these black men predominantly that's getting murdered in these streets. And we're trying to show them that look, turn to the Lord. Not only that, the Lord is, is precious. The Lord, you precious in the most high eye. The scriptures say that when one repents that the angels in heaven rejoice, man. So it, it, it's very imperative that we learn what repentance is, which is turning and putting down these actions, these wicked deeds in the sight of the Heavenly Father. And the Heavenly Father was give us salvation from this hell called America Life, and not just America Life, but being brought to the Caribbean, the, um, the South Central America, and all over this whole world, and even out of heaven if that's where we're at. So, so back, back, go ahead, bro. That's all I wanted to add. Okay. All right, so the, the question is, who are these people who call themselves Jews, the people commonly know to be Jews? If if you're saying the blacks and the Latinos and Native Americans, et cetera, et cetera, are the people of Israel, the nation of Israel, the scattered around the world, then who are those people? I got uh, Luke, Luke, chapter Go ahead, 20, Luke chapter 21, by the word of the heaven, by the word of the Messiah. Okay, Luke chapter 21. Okay, and it's going to start at verse, uh, just lost it. Luke, Luke chapter 21, and I'm going to start 
and verse 23. What's Christ speaking about in this chapter? He's talking about the end days. He's talking about when Israel was going to fall as a nation. He's talking about when they were going to go, even though Jesus Christ died for the sins of the children of Israel, because those are the ones who had the covenant, okay, there still was a falling and a destruction that's carried on until this day. What we're seeing is the Lord anger upon us for not doing what we ought to have been doing from the beginning. But this is why the whole reason we have repentance, because the Lord died and took on that punishment for us, okay? And it reads, this is what Christ told us, when Israel was going to fall as a nation, Judah, Judea, the land of the, the land of uh, Goshen, uh, uh, shall I, not Goshen, but Jeshuan, the land of the land of the twelve tribes of Israel, the land of the Jews. In Luke chapter twenty-one, verse twenty-three, it says, "But woe unto them that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days, those days when the when the Romans was to take down the land in seventy A.D. under under the Roman uh, Titus, General Titus." It says, and it says, but woe to them that are with child and to them that give suck in those days. For there shall be great distress in the land and wrath upon this people. Wrath on this people, the Israelites. Then it goes on and says, verse 24, and they, the children of Israel, and they shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive into all nations. Then that's where we are to this day. Here, in the, um, every, everywhere, there's a certain sect of people that was carried in transit. They call it the, diet, the slave diaspora. Well, you're starting to find out by the word of Christ that it's talking about the children of Israel. It says, and they, shall be, and they shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive into all nations. And, and Jerusalem, which is the capital of the land of Israel, okay, and Jerusalem shall be charged down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. So now if Christ is telling you that the Israelites is going to go in all nations in captivity, okay, and now we're looking at people that's calling themselves Israelites, Jews, that's in, in since 1948 or whenever, Christ says that the children of Israel shall be led away captive in all nations and Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. So they're calling themselves Jews, but Christ just said the Israelites are going to go in captivity on the whole nation. Who's lying? Okay? So that, that's the answer right there. The, the, the layman, to give you a clear answer, the ones that's calling themselves Jews up there in Israel ain't no Jews. Because Jesus Christ, the Messiah, said all Israel is going to be in all nations' captivity. The Gentiles are going to be there, and they're going to stay there until the time of the Gentiles be fulfilled. That's why you got Palestinians fighting over there with the Israelis and, and everyone else, from Hezbollah to, to wherever you want to name, okay, Syria and so forth. Because Jesus Christ said the real Israelites is in captivity and in destruction and led away captive all over. So who's lying? It ain't Christ. Okay. So back to you, bro. All right. Well, thanks, bro. So now uh, I want to get into this whole thing about repentance because, um, and, and, you know, people are doing a, a, a few different things as a result of these atrocities from last week. You know, one of the first things that happened is there was a march that was uh, coordinated, put together in various cities throughout the country. 
So you got you got this march and protest. Another thing which we hadn't touched on that some people employ is boycotting. You know, uh, and and that was some attempt last night here in Atlanta. Uh, it wasn't exactly a real boycott, but there was an attempt made to block off a street that led to one of the major shopping districts downtown Atlanta, the Atlanta uh, Center Atlantic Station. That's what it's called, Atlantic Station. And uh, so the protesters attempted to block off the street to have some type of economic impact to bring attention to their plight. Um, and then the other people that suggested that um, you boycott the banks, that you take your money out of all the major banks and put it into some of the minority-owned or black-owned banks. And if, you may not take out all your money. Everybody take out $100 each and put it into the, some of these banks and uh, that's, you know, $100 million all at one time being taken away from these major banks and put into this bank. That's something that, you know, you folks going to take notice of, okay? So essentially what your brothers have done is you have dispelled those things. And one of the things that the aim in all this was to bring about some dialogue, some meaningful dialogue between black folks and the police. And that to me sounds like a very interesting aim because how does that look? You know, you got black folks and police in, engaged in meaningful dialogue. Is there some black representative that we have someplace or some set of black representatives that are going to meet with a set of, of police representatives and, and talk about how to resolve things or is it, would it be more of a grassroots effort where the police are actually going to have instructions from their superiors to go through the black communities and actually stop and talk with black people, get to know them and so forth? How does that look? You know, what's on people's minds? You know, what is this whole dialogue thing? But essentially what your brothers have done, correct me if I'm wrong, is all of these. You dispelled that. And you, you said that repentance is the solution. Am I wrong? Oh, you're not wrong. Repentance is the solution. Okay. Yeah. So now that being the case, let's, let's go into a little bit more and expound about what, what you're talking about when you say repentance, repenting meaning to turn, to turn from. So what's happening, Kazakia, uh, what is it? Give some specific examples of what things need to turn, what things need to change. All right. Um, I'll, I'll be, I'm going to be very specific. I'll read from the scriptures. Now, when you read in a book of Ephesians, the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, starting at uh, verse 22, and I'm going to read a few verses. It says, that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man. Now, let's start right there. Putting off concerning the former conversation the old man. In other words, that old man or that old woman, and when I say old, I'm not referring to age. I'm referring to habits, characteristics, traits that don't line up to the scriptures. That has to be put off. So let's say, for instance, there's a man who used to, who used to live to sleep with each and every type of woman that he could that he could get his hands on, that he could set his eyes upon. In Christ, that man with those traits or 
those characteristics or those habits no longer exists. Or let's say there's a woman who just who thought nothing more than to live her life stealing. I'm just throwing out specific examples, right? She asked. And Christ, that woman who was a thief, who stole or kleptomaniac or whatever you want to call it, that woman in Christ no longer exists. So now let's take examples like that and apply them to our lives. Let's take examples like that and let's look at ourselves. What type of man I am? What type of man does the Lord want me to be? How do I make that transition from the, the, the covetous, the lying, the stealing, uh, the, 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 the vain, the vainglory of that proud man to the humble, truly God-fearing man that's seeking to serve Christ? That's that formal conversation that's got to be put off. So in other words, everything about us that does not line up in the scriptures, every habit, every practice, every tradition that we may have learned that doesn't line up to Christ and his, and his teaching, that has to be put off. That has to be put away. That has to be put down or shut down. That has to be mortified. So now, going back to the scriptures, that you put off concerning the former conversation of the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Now, why is that so important? It's important because true repentance or the catalyst of true repentance or the point of origin of true repentance starts in the mind. When the person decides, I no longer want to be a liar. I no longer want to be a thief. I no longer want to be a homosexual. I no longer want to be an adulterer. I no, want, no longer want to be a fornicator. I want to live to serve God. I want to live to be an example of the stature of Jesus Christ. It starts in the mind. So the mind sets the mentality that has to change. When that changes first, then you see the change being made manifest and the actions of that person. Now, back to verse 23. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So putting on that new man is you are now putting into practice, applying the teachings of Jesus Christ. Whereas a man used to be a whoremonger, he no longer is that whoremonger. Whereas a woman used to be an adulteress, she no longer is that adulteress. Whereas men and women used to be disrespectful to their parents, they are no longer disrespectful to their parents. Whereas men and women used to practice idolatry and, how, and all the myriad forms that idolatry can take place, that is to include <coughs> celebrating false holidays, Traditions of men that have nothing to do with salvation, that have nothing to do with honoring the Heavenly Father, even those practices, those idolatrous customs, those idolatrous habits are also put away. And that this new man and this new woman, they are living their lives 
they're guiding their lives, they're being examples, and they're also, if children are involved, they're also instructing their children according to thus saith the Lord in the scriptures. Um, yeah, that's it. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22, 23, and 24 really go into the brunt, really go into the core of, of what true Repentance is there are other, but the Bible is full of examples of repentance. The Bible is full of the Heavenly Father making His call to us, telling us that Israel, it's time to repent and mend your ways and come back and serve the Lord. All right, thank you for that, Kazakia Kabar. Uh, some other things that uh, we would be uh, pointed to repentance, especially in regard to these atrocious acts, some things that could perhaps spare us from experiencing these type of situations. Yeah. So when we come back to Christ through repentance, you know, it, it affords us the protections from the most high. And gives us his shielding, it gives us his guidance, it gives us his uh, understanding and how we're supposed to really navigate throughout, you know, this society. Um, so uh, tell us, you know, you're talking about protection and shielding, and we're talking about these things not happening to us any longer. So you know, is there any direct correlation to uh, something that you repent from and then not being beat by cops or killed by cops? Is there some uh, some direct correlation between an instruction and the scriptures? The scripture says this, and if you do this, then chances are pretty good that you won't be beat by a cop. You know, something along those lines. I mean, as far as I mean, that's just one aspect of many different, you know, pitfalls that our people find ourselves in, you know, police brutality. But we're talking about through repentance, you know, it sets your life in a different course, okay, so that it really is really a situation where you are preventing a lot of the things that's that's even occurring. You're not putting yourself in... Uh, in situations and circumstances where these issues even happen. And when things like that do happen, you know, you have the guidance of protection of the most high. I mean, I don't live in a vacuum. I've been stopped by cops many a time. You know, I've been stopped by a nervous cop. You know, I grew up in Brooklyn and, you know, you know, detectives would roll up on the street and pull out guns and, you know what I mean, accost me right there and search me illegally. So, I mean, but the thing is, through the wisdom of the Most High, I understood how I was supposed to deal with that situation, how I have to implement uh, behaviors to de-escalate the situation as the police themselves are escalating. You know what I mean? So the mm-hmm. thing is, I mean, it's not it, like it's not a magic bullet type of thing. It's okay, if I, you know, shake this cup two times, then this doesn't happen. That's that's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is the scripture tell you the, the steps of a righteous man is guided by the Lord. So 
you know, the scripture tells us in, in uh, Psalms that as the mountains around about Jerusalem, so are the angels of the Most High around those that serve him and keep his commandments. So you, we're talking about the general protection of the Most High. Take number one, through applying his wisdom, keep us out of those situations. And number two, when we find ourselves in a sticky situations because of the society we live in, we're able to apply the wisdom and to navigate it properly. So I've, I, you know, I've been in uh, many of those situations and was able to, uh, you know, come out of it unscathed because the Most High is, like the Scripture says in Proverbs, uh, as rivers of water, so the Most High moves the mind of the King. So the so it doesn't matter what you know what spirit these people have on them. The Most High can de-escalate the situation when you know uh, if if we're in situations and, and things like that. So there's many different scriptures that tell you that the Most High's protections will be there, and it's just it's the protection over your life as a whole as you live. And uh, and when we apply those things, we don't do stupid and foolish things that get us caught up. And when we find ourselves uh, with a disgruntled cop that just want to pull you over because you're in a nice vehicle, you don't go mouthing off at the cop. You deal with it in a right, in a calm, and not a, like the scriptures talk about, not rendering evil for evil, not having malice and envy and hatred. All of these things when you apply it is able to, listen, I don't got to react to this racist, quote-unquote, white cop. I could deal with this situation like I'm supposed to deal with all situations. In humility and long suffering and patience, and when we apply those fruits of the spirit, that's what's going to help us through those situations. You understand? So when you go to Galatians the fifth chapter and read about the fruits of the spirit, that's how we deal in those situations, as opposed to the work of the flesh, anger, malice, wrath. You know, mouthing off at the cop, having an attitude, not not you know. Uh, uh, I don't have to produce this paperwork or this document and so on and so forth. You know, we don't have to react like that. We can react according to the fruits of the Spirit, and it's a combination of those applications according to what the Scripture has laid out that's going to guide us through those situations safely. Okay. All right, well, thank you, brother. Uh, we only got a few minutes left, so I just wanted to see if anyone has anything uh, that they, you know, Want to say so we don't leave anything on the table at this point. Yeah, on the repentance, I want to add on that on the repentance. How how mm-hmm. does repentance look like? What does repentance look like? Because I mean, it's it's no good to just say the word repentance and, and not give you know quality attributes, qualities, things associating that go along with that. You know, and um, Colossians three and five says this. It says. It says, mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth. And then it goes into fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. For which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. <clears throat> so now the wrath of the Lord comes in many forms, from being murdered to being up with diseases, STD, STD diseases, um, and so so forth. But that repentance factor looks 
into deadening and mortifying certain actions and deeds. And I'm not going. We're not going to go on the whole list because that takes time. And this show's about over. But that deadening of deeds start with listening to what Christ says in the scriptures and begin doing it. You might not have been doing it. You probably never even knew to do it. But now you started to learn, then you say, you know what, I'm going to stop this here. You know what, the scriptures say, okay, I can't eat these defiling things, um, the shrimps, the lots of support. Man, I didn't know that might be a reason why I have bad skin or whatever. Let me stop that there. Well, I won't get um, diabetes and, and heart disease and whatnot. Just certain mm-hmm. things like that, that's the beginning of repentance. And that's just a small thing. From even loving your wife and understanding or, or looking at your sister with, to be a sister, not just something that you can just lay down and have sex with and get up and go go about your life and forget about it. you got to understand that you got to look at her in all periods. This is your sister. Then understand, number one, you ain't got no girlfriend. you got to understand the scriptures talk about a wife in one flesh. So mm-hmm. there's many aspects, and all of that's the beginning of, of repentance. And all that's the beginning of learning of Christ. So I just wanted to throw that in to help the listeners understand what repentance is, is and what what it is when Christ says repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Okay. And anyone else? Did we want to touch on you know, I have some statistics to to put out there too. Yeah, uh we got just about a, a little bit more than a minute if you want to go go through something real quick. Absolutely. All right. But I'll add on to the repentance aspect about what that looks like that the brothers bring okay. out. Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 13, the scripture says, He that covereth his sins, and sin, as we know, is a transgression of the law. You know, uh, you can read that in the, in the Ten Commandments. You can read that in uh, Matthew's the, the 40th chapter about uh, loving the most high with all your heart and soul and loving your neighbor as yourself. So not going against those things And the many commandments you read in the Bible So he that covereth his sins shall not prosper But it says this But whoso confesseth And forsaketh them Shall have mercy So we got to confess that we have sinned before the Most High And forsake them That's the repentance aspect Meaning they turn away from them And the scripture says what Them, they, them shall have mercy So when we do that We get the mercy from the Most High We get the protection we get the guidance. We get all of the things that we were mentioning today. So it's not it's not a a magic bullet uh, situation. It's a, it's a situation of repentance and it changing the direction of our lives. And when we do that through Christ, then the Most High gives us the protection and the guidance we need to avoid these negative situations and to be able to come out of these negative situations. So that was it. All right, brothers. Well, I want to really thank you all for uh, participating in the program today, and thanks to our uh, caller, uh, Damien, for uh, calling in. But most of all, the thanks goes out to the Most High in the name of his son, Christ. So until next time, I want to bid you, uh, brothers, peace. Shalom. Brothers and sisters, thank you for visiting with us in the virtual living room of the Body of Christ Church. You can visit our website at thebocc.com or you can email us at bodyofchrist at newreach.com 
or call us at 877-871-1712. Until our next visit, the Most High in the name of Christ bless you. Shalom. Thank you.